Ray and Jay. You're listening to the Ray and Jay Podcast. Talking video games, sports, music, movies, comics, wrestling, and anything else that comes to our minds. With Ray Carcillo and Jason Finelli. Let's go. Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode number 67 of the Ray and Jay podcast. Going to be talking games again today because that's just what we do, and uh, we are going to recap the year 2017 so far because July 1st is this coming Saturday, which means the year is already half over. I feel like the year just began, and it's already half over. Insane. I am Jay. And I am Ray, and I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm, I'm shocked at how fast the calendar is just flying by. And, uh, yeah, here we are again, the midway point of the year. And uh, like you said, we kind of wanted to head into the, our kind of our summer break, which we'll, we'll do detail later. Um, kind of just recapping the year that's been so far for games. And since it's been a games-heavy month with E3, we figured we'd close it out with more games and uh, kind of just give our three... Our three personal bests so far of the year. We got a little bit of a little bit of overlap, so it's kind of almost more like four and a half for each of us, almost. Yeah, really. We, the, if if you were to list your top six games, four of them are my top four. There's two games that you could talk about that I have no idea, but all four of mine, you could be like, "Yeah, I played those because I've played forty games this year." Yeah, I'm a boss. <laughs> That's right. Meanwhile, I've played maybe ten. Yeah, I just I just finished number 40, 39 and forty over the weekend, which was Arms and um, uh, Tales of Berseria, which was a JRPG, which took forty five hours. So actually, a smaller JRPG. Uh, yes, that wasn't I wasn't um, I wasn't exaggerating there for people listening. He has legitimately finished forty games in the span of twenty seventeen so far. Yep, yep. He's at almost four a month, three three and a half a month which is scary. No, well, more than that a month. It's only six. No, wait, I did, it, I did it the wrong way. You're right. I did it the wrong way. It's six and a half a month. Yeah, six and a half a month. Six yeah. and a half a month. Yep. Jesus Christ, dude, settle down. Yep. And my goal, well, my goal was before the crazy, before Splatoon 2 comes out in July, I got five games sitting in my backlog right now. I'm sure I can get through four of them. Chroma Squad for consoles. Prey, Ghost Recon Wildlands, and I'm going to try Get Even, the new one that came out this week from Bandai Namco. Yeah. So, yes, but I think I know what your fifth one is, and that's not going to happen by July. It's just not. I got I got three weeks. I got three weeks, Jay, to get through those games and Persona 5. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get through the, the first five in maybe eight days, knowing you. Yeah. And then... You're screwed. Well, Persona Five. Well, here's here's the thing, right? So I've never played a Persona before, and I'm very picky when it comes to my JRPGs. Of course, as we detailed for many over the episodes of my hatred of Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy, but my absolute adoration of the Tales series. Um, this is my first Persona experience, 
I was told to give it 20 hours. If I'm not sold on it, I'm not I am not going to lie. I am not I am I am man enough to to say I would put the game back on the shelf and that would be it and I wouldn't finish it. Cuz there, there's also three there's also three games on here on top of the 40 that I played that I started, really hated them and didn't finish them. <laughs> what were they? Um well I shouldn't say okay, I shouldn't say I really hated them. I hated one of them. The other two was just a matter of I played them in the office and I didn't care enough about them to take them home. Uh, Snake Pass, which is an interesting game. I played it for a couple hours in the office, but didn't grab my fancy enough for me to finish it. Um, Snipper Clips, same thing. Interesting concept, interesting use of the Switch, but not really, um, you know, not really my thing. And it, you need, it really seems to be a game that you need co-op for, and I, so I didn't want to grind through it. Um, and then Rain World, which is the game I really, really didn't like, because that, that seems to be a game that you either love or hate. It's from Adult Swim, came out in April for PlayStation 4, part of those that, that six weeks of indie games. Um, Rain World was a game I really didn't like, and so I put a couple hours into it, and I said, yeah, I'm done. I don't need to play this anymore. You're not Ori. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I wanted Ori for PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> this is an Ori, you son of a bitch. No, I haven't played Rain World yet. I feel like I... I want to support Adult Swim games because I know the the marketing and PR girl, and I want to support her and everything she does. But uh, I haven't picked that one up yet. If you're gonna, if you, if you want to play a game from Adult Swim, play Rise and Shine. Yeah, yeah, I got to do that. Rise too. and Rise list. and Mine, Shine was pretty good. Your backlog, you said, was five. Mine's about fifty. Yeah. Billion. <laughs> I just, I basically at this point, I only play the games I review. Yeah, well, I mean, casual, casual for fun gaming is very, very few and far between. Um, although, if this Tekken Seven industry tournament that the hashtagonist is trying to set up is, is happening, Woo. you better believe I'm gonna start training. Woo. I'm gonna start training. I'm gonna win that tournament. That's gonna be me. Yeah, well, fortunately, it's only on PS4, so I can't be part of it. We'll figure something out. We'll get you. I mean, I, 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 because, I mean, because 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 me and you in the finals is just too good. To pass <laughs> but anyhow. Um, let's talk about the top six games of 2017 so far. Um, you actually are going to start with a little. I think the only indie darling on this list. I was gonna, right? uh, yeah, I was gonna say that this is this is the indie darling for us this thus far, at least for me this year. Uh, it's from the guys over at Tequila Works, um, and it's a game called The Sexy Brutal. And it sexy. It's you know what it is very sexy, um, but no, no, no. It's it's actually it's a murder mystery, and it's you. Ba- it's almost kind of like Majora's Mask, like in that you have to basically rewind the same day over and over and over again. But you hold on to certain things, or you change certain things, or you learn certain things over the course of the day, and then obviously you carry that knowledge forward in an attempt to save the seven people who are in the sexy brutal and to save them from being murdered by this, this serial killer basically interesting so you're are, do you know who the serial killer is you're trying to find out you, you're, while you're protecting you you people. understand that the the more people you save the more clues you'll uncover to who the killer is interesting okay i i figured it out before the end but it's really cleverly done. It's really, really, really well done, especially in regards to the time travel aspect. Because I'm a sucker for time travel, and when done well, I'm all on board. Uh, and they do it really, really well here. Cool. 
Okay, I can get behind that. Um, so it, it's Tequila Works who also made guacamole? No, no, no. That's Drinkbox. Drinkbox made uh, guacamole. Ah, whatever. Tequila drink. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, tequila Works really, is but best who, but... known for, um, I mean, they, 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 uh, for Deadlight. And oh, okay. And, and funny, funny like enough, that. a couple of months, a month later, after Sexy Brutal came out, the highly acclaimed Rhyme. Oh, they made Rhyme. They made Rhyme. Yeah. Uh, we haven't. Uh, spoiler alert: We're not going to talk about Rhyme because I don't think either of us have played that. No, mm-hmm. not yet. No. That that's um, a, that's on a special list. That if it's if I can get to it, I will get to it along with like what remains of Edith Finch and Thimbleweed Park. <laughs> Oh, I got I me too with Thimbleweed. I have to play that. Right. I need to play that game because I loved those games. Yeah, like so that's on a special list, like where where like a lot of the games I play, folks, as as Jake and Atisto in the in the media will get review copies. Um, we won't get Yeah, collusion. <laughs> no. We basically <laughs> like people will give us copies <laughs> for us to do our job, for us to give an honest review to let few people know whether or not we should like or not like their game and as jay knows i have given this has been a great year also for bad games i've given a lot of games red marks on metacritic this year um he really has he's vicious yeah so i pull no punches but but basically thimbleweed park rhyme what remains of Edith finch we either got egm as an outlet either got only a certain amount of codes and then i feel bad asking for more um or uh, I mean, yeah, basically that's what it is, and so basically I'll buy, I'll pay for the, I will buy these myself. These are games that sure. because I wasn't doing the particular review at EGM, but I'm so curious about them, I'm so interested in them, I will go and pick up a copy myself. Uh, I will, especially for something like What Remains of Edith Finch, I will pay the, you know, the twenty dollars. I will support this indie developer because I believe that I believe that is a game that I will thoroughly enjoy anyway. But I don't know where it will rank on my top twenty-five end of the year list until I actually play it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that I am a big fan of like Maniac Mansion and Monkey Island and those type of games. So that Thimbleweed Park is right up my alley. Yeah. That's one of those games that I really need to get into. But uh Sexy Brutal, uh it sounds like was quite the indie game for you. Now do you think that, that game could carry the indie torch all the way to the end of the year? Cup Cuphead or... Cuphead is still the inside favorite. Yeah, I was looking at the the uh, the offerings for the rest of the year too, and Hello Neighbor might might sneak up on you. Maybe I think you'll like that, but uh, yeah, Cuphead is definitely the leader in the indie club. No, I don't really I don't really right know anything now. about Hello Neighbor. Hello Neighbor is essentially um, before we get into our next game, it's a game where you play as a guy who moves in across the street from this dude who is friggin' weird, and you can't quite place it. And then one night you hear, or one day you hear screams coming from his house. And the point and the, the objective of the game is to successfully infiltrate, break in, and get to the source of the screams without him catching you. But the neighbor acts like Nemesis. Gotcha. In Resident Evil 3. Kind, kind, so he will, kind of like a, almost kind of like a rear window kind of thing almost. Sure. And if he sees you, he'll come after you. Gotcha. And you have to get away from him and you have to avoid him at all costs, obviously. Right. Um, so it's it's an interesting interesting little concept that I uh, that I'm keeping an eye on that one, but uh, let's talk about uh, Tekken Seven punching people in the face because that 
um, I thought Tekken 7 would be good. Um, I was blown away by how deep that fighting uh, system is with the new Rage Arts and Rage... Uh, what's the other one? Rage, goddamn, Rage Drives, I think mm-hmm. it is. Um, all of the characters I loved are there. New ones are there that are worth trying. Um, I think I want to learn Katarina. She's really cool. Um, I'm also a sucker for fighting games just to begin with, and I'm sure the next one you're going to talk about is right in that vein, too. Um, wink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Tekken... I mean, really, Tekken 7, the story mode was awesome, even though it only centered on, like, five or six characters, yeah. which I kind of get at the same time. I wish it had focused on more outside of those single fights with the text on the screen. They were kind of lame. Yeah. But there's so many characters in Tekken, a focused story on the main players was probably the better idea the more i think about it mm-hmm. um but man getting online and beating people up or trying to is is just awesome yeah no it, it's it, i've played it as well i actually 100 percented it it's one of the three games this year i've 100 percented thus far um it's really yeah no Te- tekken 7 is it i was surprised at how good it is like you said i agree i think the story mode was a little bit drawn out, was definitely, if you're not, I mean, not to say give away too much away, but it's obviously like the wrapping up of the Hihachi story, and if you're not good with Hihachi, it can kind of get, like, tedious. Um, I'm To be honest with you, I my favorite part of that was the ending. I, I was really shocked on how that wrapped up. Yeah, I mean, I but it's a good, but it, you, need, you needed that closure, I think. I mean, you're in the seventh game at this point, so... Um, well, they did build it as the end of the Mishima saga. It had better ended, right? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have ended it better, so... Um, oh, sure. Um, Try it more definitively. No, exactly. And then um, there's also, some, like you said, Christina. I think there's some really good new characters in there. My personal favorite, who has emerged, at least my main now, is Dragunov. Um, ah, from Tekken 5. Yeah, Dragunov has become basically my main over the last couple games. And, like, his rage art in this one, like, I... I'm I'm deadly with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, come and get some, you bitch. Yeah, but he he uh, Dragonov is actually one of the the if you follow the tiers in the competitive, he's one of the best. Yeah, he's at the top of the list. Uh, the best players in the world um, usually use him oh. in tournaments. And Jack Seven, believe it or not, Jack Seven. I could see that if you really know what you're doing with Jack, like he's got some brutal combos and he's got a lot more mobility. He's for a big character, for a tank, he's got a ton of mobility. That's true. Uh, uh, conversely, Gygus is the bottom of the list. He is not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tekken 7 is awesome. I'm looking forward to whatever DLC, m- more characters they want to add, or, or whatever they want to do. Even more story chapters I'm okay with. Uh, bring it on. Bring it all on. I am ready for more and, Tekken and 7. A, and and uh, I, will, I will say this. My one complaint, Akuma feels, excuse me, Akuma feels OP. Yeah, because you, you're controlling him like Street Fighter. The thing is, a good Tekken player will sidestep the fireballs right. and then counter everything else like he normally would. But I agree with you. Uh, on the surface, Akuma definitely seems a little open. Yeah. I am with you on that. Um, so speaking of punching faces, um, well, you yes. are going to talk about another fighting game that I would agree uh, outranks the one we just talked about. Yeah, I, uh, I would overall I would put this as fighting game of the year. Uh, and it, it, it's so and far. so far, yeah, so far, it's been a great year already for fighting games because we also had, just before Tekken 7 came out, uh, Injustice 2. 
And for me, so good. Yeah, I can't get enough of Injustice Two. Like, if I had, if I didn't do what I do, this would be the game I would try and go pro in because, like, this is like, I just can't get enough. And I, I main Batman. I know he's kind of like boring. Yeah, I know he's kind of like a middle of the road character, but I, I've gotten real used to him. Um, I mean, I'm also good with Black Canary and Harley and Superman. Like, I've got a lot of characters I'm good with. Um, not Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy, I'm the worst with Poison. Supergirl, I'm really I good with. I can't figure out Poison Ivy either. I'm right there. Yeah, I'm it. just really terrible with Poison Ivy. But I'm, I've gotten good with Swamp Thing, which surprises people. Um, His problem is he's big and he's sort of slow, but he's a little more mobile. He's got a lot of range. His specials have range if you know how to do them. Um, And he can punish you if you get too close. So, I mean, there's... He's definitely a more high tier character, but he 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 he's got a lot of potential. Swamp Thing, if you can figure if you can figure out how to a, a way to use him, I, which I have and I do pretty well with him. Uh, sure. Swamp, I um so, so oh sorry, and, and then Cyborg, those are like my main. Like again, Batman's my number one, but I've gotten pretty good with a lot of other characters too. Sure. Um, the the tier here in Injustice Two so far, based on tournaments that I've watched so far, uh, Black Adam. Believe it or not, yeah, I can see that. He's supposedly really good, and Atrocitus with his damage over time, the the, yep. the the red beams that he does. I love Atrocitus. I want to learn him real bad. But my first, I started with Catwoman. Catwoman's very good Believe too. It or not. Yeah, and I'm not the kind of guy who normally likes the rush down fast type of characters. I but I love I love Catwoman. I love that her uh, her superhero ability, the circle, is just a, a five hit combo if you charge it up all the yep. way. I love her her speed. I love her uh, mobility. She's just great. She's great. I want to learn Atrocitus. Uh, I want to learn uh, Captain Cold, but only if when I get the Mister Freeze uh, premiere skin because Captain Cold I think sucks. I like Mister Freeze. Um, and once I buy him, I still need to buy him because I didn't pre-order it. Obviously, I got a review code. Um, Dark Side. Yeah. I really want to learn Dark Side. What I played of him in Multiverse is really cool. Um, I think he is the best fighting stance in all fighting games ever. <laughs> he just stands there with his hands behind his back and moves around like that. I find it great. It's great. It's great. <laughs> if you're not... If He's just so confident. He's like, I have to move my hands. I don't have to. I can just I can just zap you with my Omega Beams and keep my hands behind my back all Well, and that's the thing you gotta worry about is that Dark Side and Deadshot are the two could also be the two cheapest characters in the game. Oh, Deadshot already is. Yeah. Uh, how many online matches have you played against Deadshot? Half? A couple. and But I, it feels so good when you beat a Deadshot. It feels so good when yep. you beat one because it's like... Yeah, there, take that, Will Smith, you bitch. Well, not only that, because Will Smith's awful, but um, <laughs> but because, yeah, they just spam his guns. They just spam his guns all day long and these trick shots and all this other garbage. But, like, when I, I beat a guy as Batman, I beat him with, like, a half a life bar left, and he was just, like, furious. Like, I could, you know, once the match was over, like, he could hear his microphone. It was just like, he was so mad. And it's just like, learn combos. Yeah, do... Get good. Get good. Yeah, get good. Get good. But um, I'm, look at this. We have we've talked all about the injustice, injustice two for how long now? We haven't even mentioned the story mode, which is brilliant. Remember a time? Do you remember the times when when fighting games didn't have a story mode? The only story you got was the arcade in a fighting game was the arcade endings, and now you get full blown better than the movies, DC comic superhero stories. Yeah, no, it was it was fantastic. My, my my only complaint about the story is I wish that there was more characters in it, like that there was more there was it was longer. It's a bit really yeah, like yeah, I agree. And um, I, I also didn't 
really like that they talked up this, and this may be a minor spoiler, so if you want to skip ahead like 20 or 10 seconds, um, I didn't like that they talked up this big villain in Brainiac, and then the story didn't end with him. That bothers me. I'm, that is a major spoiler, Jay, but, um... I'm okay. I'm okay with it because it made sense because it had to bring the whole story of injustice. It had to give us a, a, a more true ending, and you know, set up potentially the third game. And you couldn't with we, you had to show that basically. I mean, and, and now we're gonna get real or really spoilery, folks. That the relationship between Batman and Superman was irreparable. That there was it, it, yeah. it had had irrevocable damage done to it, and. Um, and one one of the two choices is clearly canon. Yeah, clearly. clearly, for sure. And and it's it's there's one that's it's just super obvious that it's not. But the one the other one definitely definitely is. Um, but it was cool that they gave us that 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 little that little twist on the whole choose your hero throughout the story thing. They're like, oh, choose your hero in this chapter, and then it was like, choose your hero. We're like, oh shit, what do we do? That was cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. But uh, before we give up the entire game and nobody plays it, um, let's move on to your next one, which I believe is one that both of us have played, so I can actually talk about it directly. Um, my next one on my list at number three for the year is Horizon Zero Dawn. This game is so good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. it's. I don't know that anything this year will match for me the moment when... Zero Dawn is revealed. Like what that is. For me for me, the big the bigger moment and I don't I don't want to give too much away, but it's when you see the hologram from the past of the dude locking all the other people in the room. Oh, the last one. Yeah. The last one where he where he uh he, he gives his own opinion of the project, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then you realize why the room that you're in is the way it is. Yep. Or why yep. there are things in the yep. room. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm with you on yeah. that. Yeah. That was the I moment. That was that. the moment for me. And if that ship bird doesn't appear in a future Horizon game somehow, something's wrong. Yeah. No, it it's... I mean, you know there's going to be another one. Because, I mean, thankfully, I mean, they were smart in how they left the ending, how they let the... Un- ending open yep 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 because i i need to i need to or unless the dlc the frozen wilds um addresses it somehow but i need to play more well I need to not only it. that but they were also they hinted and if you did if you did all the side quests there's also they talk about the cannibals to the south oh really yeah there's like a whole island nation of cannibals to the south and like in side quests is you basically have to kill one of them and Interesting. Who has come? Okay. Who has come? You know, too far north, and uh, you know, kind of everybody around uh, the area doesn't really take kindly to people eating people. So you have to hunt down and kill this person. And where's that side quest in the city? At the very bottom of the map. At oh, the, the right. at the there's there's a did you go did you find the prison? At the bottom of the map. Maybe no, maybe not. I didn't go too far down. I I stayed like northwest of the city. So mostly. yeah, there. So there was one city left that I. It was right before. I noticed there was a couple of outposts that I didn't visit, like on the map, 
because like because I also climbed the top of all the drafts and I saw like I could see and I was like let me go visit this place and um just see what's there and basically it's a prison and it's how you get an extra ally at the final battle and there's like a warden there mm-hmm. and you have to go collect three escaped prisoners including a cannibal and it talks about yeah and it talks about how um in this one this is definitely by far a very easily easily missable side quest um but yeah and you if you find and yeah so that that hints at there's a whole other region to the south that you haven't touched yet that you haven't explored yet that i mean on top of the frozen wilds to the north where the people who who talk to the machines are when you meet them when you go into the snow area like there's there's stuff to the north and there's stuff to the south that hasn't been explored yet that's exciting yeah interesting see and we haven't even talked about the actual story like the actual game and the fact that guerrilla games a company a, a developer who before this was known for kill zone was able to make such a vast and varied universe yeah for open world exploration uh, it's so good Tre- tremendous anyone, storytelling <laughs> And great gameplay, even if they did borrow a little bit, yeah, maybe a little bit of stuff from Tomb Raider, maybe a little bit of stuff from Ubisoft games, but for the most part, a, you know, just a completely original effort from these guys, and absolutely fantastic. Yes, I am I'm excited to uh, check out some more uh, with the Frozen Wilds DLC coming soon, and then uh, whatever they want to do after that. Um, my second game on my list um is one that i believe we've both played uh what wait wait no i'm sorry this is my see it's my second game i don't want to talk about there's one more i don't want to talk about yet um i think i'm forgetting one and that's pretty uh embarrassing let me uh let me sorry i just had a brief lapse of judgment here folks this is live live radio that you're going to hear pre-recorded <laughs> which doesn't make any sense um, we talked about Tekken, we talked about Sexy Brutal, we talked about Injustice. Yes. And now I have to talk about something not, uh, wow, that's, that's embarrassing. W- weren't you thinking about talking about arms? Oh, yeah, holy shit, arms. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's been a long day. I'm very sorry. I completely it's not Mass Effect Andromeda. Sorry. No. Oh, my God. That game uh, doesn't even make my top 30. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, ARMS uh, for the Switch. Uh, Nintendo first person. First party. Excuse me. Um, I like that game a lot. I like that it's another fighting it's Another fighting game, by the way. <laughs> very good year for fighting games so far. And we haven't even seen Marvel yet. Um, ARMS I like because, A, it's different. Like I said, it's, it's a different approach to the one-on-one fighting. Um, it focuses on the means in which you're punching and not so much the punching itself. Um, I enjoy the different characters. I like that there's a mummy. I like that there's a ninja and all these other little tropes. I don't like the difficulty spike. It's one of my biggest complaints about the game, the fact that it goes from level two where it's manageable to level three where the game basically says, go fuck yourself. Um, I don't know if you noticed that in your Grand Prix playthrough, but um, if you happen to well first of all it level three level three there's seven levels of difficulty i played a level three grand prix i got to the basketball level yeah and i think my save is still there yeah no it's it's hard arms is hard 
It's it definitely hard. And again, that's not a bad thing. Difficulty is good. Challenge is good. But uh, challenge is one thing. Fucking impossible bullshit is another. Especially to unlocked ranked play, which you have to beat level four in difficulty to get to. Um, right. Which I don't think a lot of people are actually going to. I'm going to be. It's an interesting way. You're kind of gating off some of your online community. But you're also basically meaning that the creme de la creme are going to get there, and there you go. There's your esports community kind of already built in without all the chaff that you have to wade through. Um, That's without true. people without That's people true. bloating their stats. So that'll be really interesting to see how that all works out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you. I play with the controller. I don't play with the motion controls. I play in handheld mode mostly. But when I'm not in handheld mode, yes, I'm with you on that. I play with the... Uh... The dog, either the the puppy dog controller scheme, or or yeah, in handheld mode of the system. Because yeah, I I don't play with the motion controls. Yeah, I can't do it either. It's too much, too much, too much. Um, but no, I really, I really, really do like the game. I think it's it's um well done. I think it's a cool little, a neat little fighter. Very deep. Uh, very very deep. Um, to the point of surprise. Like I'm surprised how deep it is. Yeah. And um. I'm looking forward to the DLC, which is Max Brass, um, who is uh, the final boss of the Camp Grand Prix mode. We're going to be able to play as him, which is cool. Um, and whatever else they decide to do to expand that game, uh, more arms, more characters, more whatever. Uh, there are some definite crossovers they could do, like Little Mac from Punch-Out basically makes right itself, Yep, I think. And there's a couple others that make a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see more arms in the future. Yeah, so yeah, so the arms was definitely up there. We got three fighting games in our in our first half of the year thus far. Ten year old me would be so excited. <laughs> fighting games are my jam. Oh man! But the the next game though, it's not a fighting game. Not a fighter. Not a fighter. New. This so far, this is now now. Now, mind you, your number one game that we're gonna get to in a second is my number two game. So we're skipping over. It kind of, but my number one. We don't agree. We don't agree yet so far. My number one True. game of the year is Resident Evil Seven. Ooh, baby! In terms of what it did, in terms of revitalizing the series, change, just a simple camera shift from going to third to first person adds so much horror. The fact that it's actually a coherent, cohesive story that makes sense it fits in the universe the atmosphere the tension the characters i absolutely adored this game and i cannot wait for not a hero dlc i am wait i know they they delayed it but i cannot wait for them at some point to release the not a hero dlc i will buy it day one to find out what happens with chris redfield I am all in on Resident Evil 7. Could not get enough of it. Kudos to Capcom for this this is as important this game was as important to the series as Resident Evil 4 was. It's another revitalization, another rejuvenation. Hopefully they don't make the mistakes they made with 5 and 6 after they did with 4, which was basically beat a horse to death. Hopefully with whatever Resident Evil 8 is, whenever that may come in 3 years now or whatever, they kind of kind of t- learn lessons from here. They had a writer from the West come in and write it, which of course I think ma- it made everybody really happy. Um, he's uh, one of the writers, I believe, on from Spec Ops: The Line. Um, oh, that was a good game. That was a real good game. I wasn't a fan of Spec Ops, but I like the right. This there was two writers to Spec Ops, and I 
think I want to say this was the better writer. <laughs> sure, sure. Spec Ops, fun quick fact, is the only game, triple um, A game, you could say, uh, in the last five years that I played entirely on PC. Huh. Yeah, interesting little fact there. Um, that nobody cares about. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I haven't played Resident Evil 7 yet because, as I have previously stated on uh, other episodes of Ray and Jay, I am a bitch <laughs> when it comes to horror. Scared uh, cat. That could change. That could change should uh, good fortune befall the kids. Um, it doesn't have to, but it might. <laughs> um, but, I, but here's the thing. I love Resident Evil, and I have for a long time, even though, I, I, you know, aforementioned bitch when it comes to horror i love it can't get enough of it so i am willing to jump in to this game eventually just to have the story um vr is you know maybe a thing that might happen but uh just th- the story itself and the fact that chris redfield is involved at all dlc or not um is great and if it's, it'll it means it'll connect it to the original uh Exactly. Six games. Exactly. Somehow. Yeah, he's he's he's, um, he's very brief there. There's other little mentions throughout. You'll find newspaper clippings and other collectibles throughout the game that will tie it back to Umbrella and all that other stuff. But it very much can stand on its own. Sure. Sure. And I'm hoping. I'm hoping that um, that eight and nine um, do take the cues. Uh, that five and six took from four in that it continues the ultra creepy atmosphere. Now, what you said about five and six, they got action focused because Resident Evil four was the first one to really introduce quality action. Right here with Resident Evil seven, the big change is first person, moody, scary bullshit. Yeah. And I feel Tons like of atmosphere. that that will serve the uh Franchise going forward. Franchise better in the future. Yeah. Um, so if they want to continue that, but adds keep adding stuff to it, I understand. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely it's definitely something I want to try before the end of the year. So when you inevitably name it your game of the year, um, we can have a proper maybe. argument. We can have a proper argument. Um, also, how interesting is it that your top game of 2017 so far released January 24th? Can you remember? Do you remember the last time a game from January carried this much weight? No, I mean I I'm I uh, it's not unusual for a game earlier in the year to hold my attention throughout. Um I mean of course obviously there were games like Dragon Age Inquisition and Link Between Worlds and whatnot that came in late in the year that got my game of the year. But Ori was a March release. Um true. And, and inside was Was July. it was a June yeah, end of June early July release. So um you know, it's not unusual. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't you don't get much earlier than January. So um, right. actually, I got a, I got a couple of January releases that are sitting in my top ten right now. That and I put Tales of Berseria. I put Tales of Berseria at my personal number eight. I really like that game. I think I mean, if, well, with with backwards compatibility on Xbox three on Xbox One. Tales of Tales of Vesperia is widely considered to probably be the best Tales game of the past like fifteen years. Um, I got into it with the Tales of Symphonia series on the GameCube. It was a little slow time for the GameCube. Not a lot out there. I heard that this was going to be a long game, a lot of hours. I was like, "Yeah, I'll drop my sixty bucks on this," and fell in love. 
fell in love with the art style, fell in love with the characters, the music, and of course that game got a sequel on the Wii. Dawn of the New World, while good, it was not as good as the original Symphonia. Similar in a way to Tales of Zillia 2, was not as good as the original Tales of Zillia. I would recommend, but what's interesting is Tales of Berseria is the prequel to Tales of Zestaria, and I think Berseria is better than Zestaria. But anyway, we've uh, gone off track enough anyway, talking about enough JRPG stuff. Uh, getting back to The Legend of Zelda. I mean, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous game. It is a beautiful game. My two complaints, and that what keeps it held back, is the equipment system. I don't like it. It's not my thing. Never has really been. I don't like the degradable equipment a lot of times. And also, the story. I felt the story was, for once, one of the weaker elements in a Zelda game. Yeah. I'm with you on that, though. It was definitely not the strongest Zelda story ever, because there just wasn't a lot to it. No, and that's the thing. There were some good moments, and there was definitely some good pieces there and I'm sure there's stuff to be still be found and whatnot but um I thought your connection to the four guardians was really weak and I think that could have been fleshed out and I think they also your connection to to I think the ending was kind of it, it left me with so much more to be desired as particularly particularly with Ganon like I'm with you on that though I'm with you on that I kind of wish the game ended a little bit better but Right now, there's no, there's no more complete experience in 2017 so far than that. There's just not, for me. Yeah, I mean, agree to disagree. <laughs> Which is fine. That's that's why we do this. Yeah, uh, we are allowed to disagree with each other. I mean, you're wrong, and you can deal with that. But um, uh, it's why we. You know, you, <laughs> you know, well, you know what's going to happen. Mario's Mario's going to be game of the year anyway, so it don't matter. That's true. Mario Odyssey is going to come. I was, just, I was actually going to just ask that question. Mario Odyssey is going to come and um, give us all hope for the future. I have a real, I have a real sneaky suspicion that Mario Odyssey is going to, as much as Zelda blew us all away with the launch, I think Mario might actually blow us away again, even more so. Sure. Now think about this. Could, has there ever been a Nintendo versus Nintendo uh, showdown? potentially like this in game of the year history that you can think of not off the top of my head no it's really interesting that these two are coming to a head like this and i wonder if if nintendo supporters across uh the game of the year voting boards of the multiple websites might cannibalize each other yeah and they both are detrimented that's a that, you know that's, I mean? that that is definitely possible that these two heavyweight juggernauts end up knocking each other out and falling to, like, second and third in a lot of places. And then something like Horizon Zero Dawn or Resident Evil 7 sneaks in to the number one spot of a lot of places, depending on how people vote. Like, we, we at EGM have a very democratic way of doing things. We all kind of – it's like a point system, and it's very complex. But um, I'm curious to see where every I, I have a feeling some system. outlets do, like, a, a Survivor-esque format where they have, like, torches – <laughs> and, they, and and Jeff Probst comes out, and they take the. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's what I. So do. what we do, I'll, I'll kind of get into. I'll give a little uh, back back uh, back room, uh, back door politics. Yeah, a little little um, inside pool, as it were. Um, 
basically EGM. We I I compile a list usually of over a hundred games over the course that have come out over the course of the 2017 year. Certain rules apply. Like if the game originally came out for PC, but then was con- ported to console this year, that game doesn't count. Um, so like like games like I'm playing like Chroma Squad doesn't count because that came out last year, but then it got ported over to PC or consoles this year. I mean, right? Like certain things right, like th- right, certain okay. things like yep. that. So. Um, those don't count towards this year's voting. We all look at the list, and we pick. F- do you go one to a hundred? No, with one getting a hundred points and and hundred getting no, one. No, no, no. We do because that's crazy. That is crazy. Um, what we do is is that every game that we we pick we pick five games. Each person gets pick, gets five. What we call one votes, and they put the one vote next to their five top five games of the year, and that's worth five points. Six through ten. Uh, that's the, okay, so it's, it's basically what I just said, but you only get five, right? And yeah, and then okay. six through ten gets two vote, gets five, two votes, which is worth four, and then we do that to twenty five, right? So, and then we kind of we do, and then with the magic of Google Docs, um, we basically tap, tabulate the average, and then what basically in golf, uh, and also whatever we don't like, it's a six. That's where it's like basically zero. We hit like golf, whatever has an average, the average, the lowest average. And that's how we rank the order. So, like, I think, like, last year, like, whatever was game, uh, what was game of the year, which I, I'm, I'm blanking on right now for EGM as an outlet, which I'm very sorry about, um, like, had, like, a 1.13 or something, right? Like, most of us gave it a one vote. And because of that, after, you know, once everything was tabulated, uh, the numbers, you know, we had our, we basically have a rankings, rankings. Rarely, the only time we ever hashed out Survivor style is if there's a tie, which is because of the averages, because of the amount of people casting votes, is very, very rare. Um, but sometimes you'll have like a, a 23 and a 24 ranked game, both at like 4.44 or something. And then it's like, okay, which one do we want to put at 23? Which one do we want to put at 24? And then we kind of do, we do a you know, everybody raise your hand for this being 23. Everybody raise your hand for this being 24. And we have an odd number of people, and that's how we settle it. I see. Okay. That's a pretty that's a pretty good system. You're absolutely right. It's not, I mean, it's um, not as complex as the 1 to 100. And it rarely, like I said, there's it's rare when we have, like, ties. Because everybody's, opinion, sure. everybody's opinions are so different. And the answer to EGM's Game of the Year of 2016 was Overwatch. Oh, that's why. That's why I I voted I voted that lower. I didn't want that to be game of the year. <laughs> right. So here's what I'm going to do real quick before we uh, close up shop here because uh, my computer is running low on disk space. That's interesting. Ooh. Um. So yeah, I want to know what that's about. So we uh, I want to go through some games and I want you to rate them. Um, strong candidate, under the radar, or no chance to be considered game of the year. Okay. Okay. So strong, under the radar, or no chance. Okay. Ready? Yeah. And we're going to go in chronological order starting July 1st and beyond. Sorry, Crash Bandicoot. Um, Splatoon 2. No chance. Pyre. Under the radar. Tacoma. Under the radar. See, I would put that strong, but okay. Uh, Lawbreakers. No chance. Agents of Mayhem. No chance. Sonic Mania. No chance. Uncharted Lost Legacy. Ooh, under the I'm going to say under the radar. Because it's not a core game, but it could surprise some people. Right. I'm with you on yeah. that, actually. Yeah. Absolver. Under the radar. 
That could be the Indy Darling. We forgot about that. Yep. Um, Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. As fun as that is, no chance. Destiny 2. No chance. <laughs> Metroid Samus Returns. That's coming this year? Yeah, September 19th. Or 15, excuse me. Oh, wow, I didn't... Not Metroid Prime 4, the 3DS one. The three, the, the basically, the, the remake of, of, of Metroid 2, basically, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I will say under the radar. Um, Marvel Cap Infinite. No chance. Cuphead. I'm going to say strong. Okay. Uh, Forza. Well, that, that's, that's too niche. No, no chance for Forza, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Middle Earth. Strong. Agreed. Evil Within 2. No chance. South Park. Strong. Assassin's Creed Origins. Strong. Wolfenstein. Strong. Mario Odyssey we talked Strong. about. Strong. Uh, they're all the same day, by the way. Yeah, I know. Oh, three. my God. <laughs> uh, Call of Duty World War 2. No chance. I disagree. I think that'll be very strong. I think it'll surprise some people. It really blew me away at E3. Um, Nina Cooney two. Uh, no chance. It's gonna it's it's and gonna be about well well reviewed, but it's too niche. Niche, yeah. And that niche. Sorry, I'm not French like you. <laughs> and then the last uh, last one that actually has a date here that I am going to mention is Battlefront two. No chance. Really? Yeah. Even with this the story? Okay. Yeah. Um, other ones here that don't have a date yet that might be worth talking about. Let's see. Um. I am going based off of Wikipedia 2017 video gaming list, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. Uh, where'd it go? There was one that was I was wanted to ask you about, and now it is gone forever. So I guess it wasn't that big of a game now, was it? Um, so yeah, there you go. That's probably that's that's a, essentially the rest of 2017 in a little nutshell there for you. Um, good games coming, and some things that we might not even know about still coming. Um, although that's very rare. Very rare indeed, Jay. You know, what else is rare is it's rare we take a break. Um, unfortunately, folks, we're kind of at that point where we're, we're, it's time for a summer vacation. I guess fortunately for us, unfortunately for you. Um, and it's a chance basically for us to kind of retool. The reason why I'm doing this is Jay's microphone just cut out. Uh, um, so you have to hear me for a couple minutes explain that basically next week is the 4th of July. The week after that, I have a personal thing. And then the week after that, Jay has a wedding slash vacation that he's going on. Um, so it sounds like some folks are celebrating the 4th of July a little early. Not sure if you folks can that pick that up right now. Um, just like the Simpsons. If, you know, show your love for your country by blowing up a small piece of it. Anyway, um... So we're taking the next three weeks off, but we're doing it also twofold. It's not just for us to have a break and because we have personal conflicts. It's also we are retooling the podcast. We are going to, hopefully Jay is going to fix his technical issues, uh, but we're also going to be doing a couple of new things when we come back at the end of the month uh, that we hope you guys really enjoy. I mean, that we really hope that uh, you guys will enjoy going forward and stick around with us um, because we, we think it's a really good, excuse me, we think it's a really good idea. But, uh, obviously, you guys will let us know either way. Um, yeah, so now I'll hand it off to Jay to do the usual outro along with music. But, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for tuning in with us for these past 67-plus episodes, probably closer to 70, considering all our specials and all that other stuff. Um, and, yeah, when we come back in three weeks, 
um, expect a new and improved podcast. That's correct. Um, so, uh, with that, for episode number 67 of the Ray and Jay podcast, the best of 2017 so far, uh, he is Ray, Ray Carcillo on Twitter. Uh, I am Jay at Big Man Fidelli on Twitter. Uh, hit us up at rayandjpodcast.gmail.com with your comments, suggestions, questions, and all that good stuff. And we will be back in a month's time, just about, with some more bullshit. <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, thank you so much for listening as always, and we will talk to you soon. It's time to jump up in the air.